Welcome into episode 73 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be happy. Sean, we are down here in Starkville, Mississippi. We got, you know, when we signed up for this, we didn't know what the heck we were going, what, what to expect. Kentucky was already off to a, a horrible start. It only got worse after we got approved, after the trip was finalized. Sean, Kentucky got a much-needed win, and it was it felt bigger than just another win in the win column. It, it, felt, it, it felt just it was an, it was an out of body experience, Sean. First off, how are you doing? Thank you for being here. I'm fantastic. I <laughs> feel really good. The, the trip definitely was worth it. Um, because we got to see a performance. Jack, I've been, I've been following Kentucky basketball since I was a kid and now working in Kentucky basketball for the last four years. And there's moments in this job where you kind of sit there and you're like, man, I don't really know how I feel right now. I'm going to have to come back later and tell mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And last night was one of those nights. It was – you don't expect anything big to happen in Starkville. I mean, when you go – same thing with any other SEC venue, like the comeback at Florida last year that we were there for. We kind of appreciate that even more now, mm-hmm. given the circumstances of how that season ended. Will we appreciate this more as it goes along, or was it one of those things where it kind of just in that moment you're like, I can't believe this is happening? Like, I mean, the whole thing of not believing something and you can't believe it's happening, we th- we throw it around all the time, or, oh, my God, I can't, I can't believe that we're watching this. Last night was literally one of those moments, not only for me, not only for you, but I think for everyone because Kentucky fans have been calling for this kid to play. He goes in and, in a pressure situation, just delivers – that is one of the best Kentucky basketball moments I've ever witnessed. So here's the thing. The game itself, not the prettiest of affairs. I mean, Kentucky still had their typical issues, a lot of things that, that they need to work on. You, you know, I think I look, looked over to you about 10 minutes into the game, and I said, you know, this is some of the best fight and physicality that we've seen from this group since the season started. Um, and, and I think Kentucky was even still down two, three, what, however many points. They, they, were, they were behind at that point. But it just looked like, like a different team just in terms of, of how they were running around the floor, kind of playing with reckless abandonment, a good type of reckless abandonment. And something that we have been – calling for for you know the, the whole season where we want somebody out there that's going to fight we want somebody that's going to you know be able to, to fight for you know dive after loose balls grab tough rebounds we we needed something like that um and then the 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 big moment happened Dante Allen after you you, you called it John Calipari says earlier this week he's going to get his moment this is going to be his time to shine Everybody kind of said, "Well, wow, you're you know you go from not playing them a, a single minute, you know, several coach decision DNPs. How are you going to go from that to saying it's your time to shine now, kid? Get get out there and go get after them, you know." So there was a lot of of understandable gripes on you know the the fan side of things where they're going, "Look, you're you're putting this kid in a spot to fail. You are telling this kid, hey." We didn't believe in you in the past, but because Terrence Clark is likely out with a with an ankle injury, Keon Brooks is still what the hell's going on with him? We don't know. Um, and then Cameron Fletcher is still in the doghouse. 
not even able to practice or or play games yet. That's up to Cal to, de- to determine when that happens. So it, he was kind of thrust in this situation by necessity, and Cal's kind of initially hyping this situation situation up as, see, you've earned your spot now. Go go get him. Even though when when in reality, if Terrence Clark's playing, Keon Brooks is playing, and Cameron Fletcher doesn't have his his situation, we're we're still at this point. And and it comes back to the you know Cal after Louisville when he said the reason Dante didn't play in that game is because he didn't play him in the first half. Dante Allen didn't go out and have a great first half yesterday. Mm-hmm. He yeah. had, he had a three late in the half, but it was it was setting up the moment mm-hmm. and the second half, the basket just continued to get bigger for Dante. You could see it. I mean, the confidence, the way he moved, uh, the threes that he took. Uh, he took one there right before Cal got ejected. Uh, it was about 26 seconds on the shot clock. Dude right in his face. That was that was high school, Pendleton County, Dante Allen sizing you up and pulling it on you. And you watch Cal kind of do his thing where he just freezes and then it goes in. And I think that we know that he can shoot. We know that he can do these things in practice. We know that this coaching staff and these players have been able to see how hot he can get and stuff. But I think last night, I think he made believers out of everyone. Not just the not the, the fans believed, but the fans were also in, on hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if necessarily fans thought that that was what was going to happen last night. I think Don, Dante Allen going in scoring five to seven points was probably the realistic yeah. expectation. Not to go out and have a legendary moment that's going to just go down in UK basketball history. And the reason it will is there's so many factors that play into this right now. Not only did a Kentucky kid, the first Kentucky kid since Dominique Hawkins and Derek Willis, those guys had their moments, and we always remember Dom in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek Willis having big games that season, uh, those two seasons there. Those moments, they all, they all have them that stand out. Dante goes in, has a moment, but it wasn't just a moment. It was a moment where Kentucky's season's on the brink, and they needed a Kentucky kid mm. to deliver. And I tweeted it last night. Just I, I sat in an office, Jack. I've, I've said I've told this story multiple times. I'm writing it today. I sat in an office at Pendleton County High School in June. I think it was like June 18th, 2000, or June 8th, 2018, somewhere through there. No air conditioner in the office. It's, it's <laughs> blazing hot. Uh, Dante had just finished a high school workout. It's my first time ever meeting Dante. He has offers from uh, West Virginia, Xavier, maybe five or six offers. Mm-hmm. They were big-time offers, and we have a conversation and for an hour and a half just talking about his you know, recruitment, what would it mean if Kentucky offered him, and you could see his eyes light up when I talked about Kentucky. He wouldn't tell me he'd commit on the spot, right. but his eyes were lighting up, and then he did the whole, you know, it gives if – I, if I go to Kentucky, it would give in-state kids hope. Mm. Last night, he gave Kentucky fans hope. And I think that's the biggest thing is because now Kentucky fans know that there's a shooter on the floor. You saw how it changed offensively. Cal talked about it. Yeah. Uh, There's the first time that I think we saw Cal comfortably eat crow where he was like, you got, okay, I get it for the, I get it. And and it's, and here's what I, and it comes back to what I said on the pregame show on Friday night before we, before getting into the Mississippi state game, I told you, do all these guys play if Kentucky six and one? No, Lance Ware's not playing the minutes he is if Kentucky's good right now or if Kentucky had been good in those seven games. Uh, I think Kentucky's struggles, honestly, Jack, might have been the best thing that happened because it has forced Cal to play guys 
Lance Ware goes out and has 13 rebounds last night. He played his his he played his ass off. He did. I mean, and you know, Jacob Toppin was my MVP pick. He did. Hit <laughs> there were some, times. He did. There hit were some times. Big shots. He had a he had a big one there in the overtime period. Yeah. Uh, but all those guys collectively, Devin Askew, just that's the stat line that's getting lost in what Dante Allen did last night. Mm-hmm. Devin Askew was fantastic. Like that, if if that's Devin Askew, Kentucky's going to be just fine. Yeah. Because he he played. Joel Justice got so fired up. This this I think this was one of my favorite non Dante moments of the game. So we're sitting there. Uh, you can see it if you go back and watch it on TV because I did see it in the highlight video. Uh, Joel is there on the sideline, of course, and Devin. There's two straight plays that Devin makes in transition where he made the right pass. One was yep. a pocket pass to Mintz on the fly. Beautiful. And the next one, he rips a ball. He gets a steal, fires it ahead. Kentucky gets another break. Here's Devin at half court. Joel meets him at half court, like chest bumps him, encouraging him. Uh, And I asked Joel about it, and he was just talking about, you know, that's a kid that took it hard, took the losing streak hard, took the, the struggles hard. And in that moment, Joel was like, this is it. You're doing it. And th- these kids need that. Like, these kids needed to know that – I think anyone wants to know in life and anything, are the struggles worth it? Yeah. And in the locker room last night, that celebration, Terrence mm-hmm. Clark at the end of it saying, I've never been happy for a per- for a person like this in all my life or something like yeah. that. I've never been so happy for a person in, in all my life. In my life. Right. Yeah. And then he confirmed it because he liked the tweet that I yeah. put out. So, and, and that was definitely him that said it. We've said this on this show – for Terrence Clark to say something like that. That's somebody that has – he has always been the center of attention at every stop along the way. He has been a guy that – he has always been the, the superstar on every team that he's ever been on. He hasn't needed somebody else to kind of pick up the pieces. And with him out with that ankle injury, having that that moment, it felt like an aha moment, just seeing that from afar. That, that quote was just like, okay, that – that is something that that could be a huge development for him. Uh, just just personally for him not even to play in that game, I, I thought that was huge. But Sean, going back to the Dante thing, we we hinted at this on our pregame show, and what was so funny is we kind of told ourselves as it was unfolding the night before, we said, "Man, if Dante goes out there and just does anything, if he goes out there and hits just if he goes out there and hits two shots." Just all he does is go out there and make two shots, makes everybody go, okay, ah, that's why he needs some playing time. Just, just bare minimum, just, just go out there, make, make a shot or two, and we'll see what happens. We could work with that, and we would be very happy to tell the story. Little did we know that what happened would actually unfold. So we hinted at it. Let's kind of spill the beans on on what happened. So we show up at the hotel. We didn't really know that we we're staying at the the team hotel. I mean, there's only a couple big name hotels in Starkville, so playing the odds. I mean, it wasn't that unlikely that this would happen, but it was, it was by pure coincidence. We didn't book this hotel because it was the team hotel. It just just so happened. So we arrive, and there's three UK team buses outside, and we're like, "Oh, cool! We're staying with the team. That's fun." So we go and, and we're uh, we we arrive at the exact same time. Actually, we drop off our stuff, check into the room. We go back to the car, pick up our our bags and, and all that stuff, and we see the team lead, we we see the team walk through to go to a team meeting at the, their team dinner after their pregame walkthrough. So we're like, okay, cool. So we were able to say on our show that night 
Terrence Clark is still in a walking boot. Everybody's with the team. Cameron Fletcher's there. You know, blah, 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 blah. We were able to go down the list. Little did we know after that fact, we went down. We were walking around the lobby. Uh, we were actually going to try to find the hot tub, if, see if that was open here at the hotel. And we were walking past, and the, the team gym, the, the hotel gym was there. And it was, what, 10 o'clock at night, some, something like that. And we walked past the gym, and there's clear glass door. Dante Allen is in that gym running by himself, nobody around him. You know, I, I'm sure with team protocols, are not allowed to be around anybody or anything. So, um, but he was the he was the one guy that was up later than usual, putting in extra work, running on the treadmill. You know, I, I, and we thought that was, it was like okay, cool. That's that, that's kind of a cool thing. So that happens. We go. Hot tub was not open. Darn, that's a shame. We go go back up to the room. We're talking, working a little bit, um, and then we go back downstairs to go get some drinks out of the vending machine, all that stuff. And this was about eleven fifteen ish p.m. in Central Time, so twelve fifteen a.m. Eastern Time back in in Kentucky time zone. So we get down to the lobby, and Dante is at the hotel lobby computer. You know, it, every hotel that you've ever been in has that you know, three or four computers kind of sitting out away from, away from thing, not, you know, in typical walking traffic areas, but kind of in a corner somewhere, there are a couple computers sitting out. He was at one of those computers and Sean, you were, you were the first person to notice it. You look at me and, you know, we're walking past, we see him and, uh, and you know, we, we could see his computer screen and he's watching game film. And you said, Jack, he's watching game film. At eleven fifteen at night, before, before that, by himself, not you know he's he's not down there with the but it's not like Cal said, hey, we're gonna take you know two or three at a time, go down and watch game film. If you don't have your iPad or don't have your laptop or whatever, go down. You know it, that it wasn't a mandated thing. No. He was putting in that extra work, running on the treadmill and watching game film late at night in Starkville, Mississippi, at the hotel the night before this big game, knowing that his big moment was going to come. And then, so we, we get our drink and, and, you know, hang out for just a second. And we're walking back to the room and we kind of yell from afar because obviously it would be stupid idea for us to be close in person with these kids. So obviously not going to do that, but we kind of yell from afar, big game tomorrow. And he says, yep, it's supposed to be. And we kind of looked at each other when he said that. And it was like, it's supposed to be. So, he knows in his head that this is a big game. He knows that his opportunity is coming. Cal has been hyping him up about it all the time, you know, throughout the Which week. Which adds to the pressure that we talk about. Right. So the build-up to that moment, and that's not even factoring in. the. I, I, I'm writing, like you, I'm writing a big, long feature on how the night went and all that. And I think – here, let me pull it up so I have the exact number. But he – it has been – Shoot. Um, it has been 742 days since his knee injury. 742 days of grinding, of emotional roller coaster, just adversity after adversity, trying to fight through that rehab. And then he breaks his collarbone not long after that as well. So he's fighting through a broken collarbone and a torn ACL. I remember last year out in Vegas, and I've told this story on, on this podcast in the past, out in Vegas for the um, whatever that event was, it was UK versus Ohio State and, and Utah. There was an open practice to the media. And I remember looking at Dante 
during that. And that was kind of around the time that Cal was saying, yeah, he could be available if we need him. His, you know, we don't know how things are going to go, but, but he could be used if, if need be. And I remember watching him. And they, they did the you know typical walkthrough, getting some shots up uh, before this practice. And then when the game actually started, you know, when the practice is the, the hardcore part of practice, you know the, the hard running, the hard drills, that kind of stuff started, Kyle looked at Dante and said, you good to go? And Dante kind of looked at him and like, you know, big eyed and just kind of t- looked like, uh, you know, nervously, I, no coach, I don't think so. He had no confidence. His, you know, I, I don't think he trusted his knee yet. I don't think he. It, it, there was just, and I, I just remember in that moment going, "Yeah, he he's not playing this year. There's no way that Dante is going to play this year." So he waited the rest of his senior season, the entirety of his freshman season at Kentucky, and then an additional seven games, six, or I guess six in, going into the seventh game, waiting for that moment, that breakthrough moment. This is a kid that averaged 43 points per game in high school. He was one of the most beloved in-state kids that we have seen in a very long time. I, you know, I, I talked to his family. You, you and I both did features on him this summer, and and you know, we we went up, we went up to see him in Northern Kentucky workout to see how he was going. Went up with his trainer, and you know, kind of saw his progress look good back then. And you know, we we got to see the buildup to this moment as as late as. 11:15 p.m. the night before. Well, and that's the thing. Like what what it's just different. I don't I, okay, I'm going to go off the whole journalism side here no, it, and just yeah. tell you why it's different with Dante Allen. It's different with Dante Allen for me because I've sat in an office with him for hours, mo- like months before he got an offer. And I told him, Jack, if you do this and this and this, you will get an offer to Kentucky. I said, Cal does not hand out offers until he sees you in person. And that he hadn't seen, he hadn't got to watch Dante Allen yet. And then he watched him in Cartersville. Peach Jam was going on. Not a very far drive from from there to Cartersville where the Under Armour uh, event was playing, where Dante, was going on where Dante was playing. So Dante gets the offer, commits while he gets the offer during that visit to Kentucky and I remember I tried I reached out to his mom. They were immediately as soon as that Kentucky visit was over with, they went on vacation. They went to the beach. He wasn't doing any interviews after he committed to Kentucky. And he said, No, mom, I gotta take this one. Yeah. And it was it was mine. And it the reason he did it is because he remembered me and him sitting in an office talking for hours before he ever had a UK offer. So when we walked by the other night, like you said, from a distance and, you know, we just – it's one of those things we're not not interviewing the kid outside of anything no. UK's doing. But when you know someone, it'd be it'd be rude for me to not – Yeah. We were saying say, hi. Hey. We're saying, hey, I, what's up? Like last season when he walked by and stuff pregame, he'd shake my hand or say hello or something like that. So we walked by, and he said, supposed to be. And then what did he follow it with? It's so good to see you guys. Yeah. I mean it. It's so good to see you all from a distance. Yeah. And just, you know, that's why it meant more. Jack, and we're going to tell on ourselves sitting here. We're at the top of the hump, Humphrey Coliseum yesterday watching that game, covering it. And we both had a tear in our eye. Dude, I, I swear. I, I swear and I'm to not, you. And I'm not just throwing this out there trying swear to make to it you. bigger than what it No. There was a moment where I had to sit here and go, I just – there's so much going in. The phone calls that I've made about this kid – just checking in how is it going not to him but you know talking to his family you know just 
It, it's been a struggle. We it's talk, been we, hard. We talk it's to been his a family all the time. Yeah. I mean, call called. You know who I talked to, like two days before this game. Say, yeah. so, hey, just checking in on you. How are you guys doing? I know it's been, rough, you know, kind of a tough, tough situation. That you know, and we said this on the podcast before. They handled this situation as well as you could. You know, they there was no transfer. You know, there it was a real, a well known thing that other schools would be would have been interested he, in him. He was the only kid that wasn't playing. Yeah, and it just didn't it didn't make sense. Now, had he gone out last night and not performed, we everybody would have backed off. But he went in and he performed. And he performed at a high level and in one night it took him one game to move into second place on the team and made three-pointers on which the season. Is, and I think which tells you everything you need to know about how bad this team has been at shooting the three and last night opened the floor for everyone. His ability to stretch the floor made the game easier for Devin Askew. It allowed Olivier Sar to face up and play with space. It allowed Lance Ware to get space to rebound the heck out of the basketball. It changed everything offensively for this team. And you know what else it did? It gave every one of those kids on the bench and on that team an opportunity to, to, to be a good teammate. Yeah. You saw Cameron Fletcher engaged on the bench which that was unbelievable massive. that is that's very encouraging terrence clark going crazy there was one time john calipari had to tell him to go back to his seat because he was <laughs> literally up behind cal yeah and when bj would come out terrence was there talking to bj mm-hmm. well then at the end of the game bj didn't play the final couple of minutes he didn't play in overtime and who is up going i can't you could see the look on his face when dante hit that that last three. Oh my goodness and the the, the joy these kids are finally understanding what it's like to be happy for someone else. Mm. And here's the thing about it, Jack. These kids are going to get their opportunity to do it too. There's going to be moments. And I just think that last night last night was the turning point to better basketball. Yeah. It, I'm not saying it's the turning point to a national championship no. or a Final Four. I'm going to keep saying that because we don't know. But it was the turning point to a group of kids coming together understanding that things are hard, but there's now some reward for the struggles. Yeah. And you're seeing it. And unbelievable. A Kentucky kid with Kentucky written across his chest. You know a kid who's dreamed of playing at Kentucky. Every single kid in the state of Kentucky that is involved with the game of basketball has been out in their driveway hitting jumpers, pretending to be a Kentucky Wildcat. Not many get the opportunity to do it. And last night, the entire state of Kentucky was watching. I remember – after the game ended, Dante goes out for his post-game radio interview, and he's standing there, puts on his headset, and uh, you know he's doing. A, we're seeing it from afar, or we're both watching it from a distance. Yeah, you know, he's you know doing a good job. You know, pretty you know charismatic. He, he, we notice in his his actual post-game interview with the media. You know, he's very charismatic, and you know he's he's kind of eating up this moment as well. But before he put on that headset, and the moments after he took those took that headset off, he kind of just took a step back, and just kind of like looked around for a second. Like, so this is what all that hard work was for. This is my my torn ACL, all those grueling months, all the the painful you know procedures to to 
you know, get the surgery done on his knee, the rehab, the, the physical workouts, all of that stuff afterward. The broken collarbone was another massive setback. All of, all of that kind of built up anger. I'm sure he was, he was just, you know, this is a kid that was on pace to shatter the all-time scoring record in the state of Kentucky. He was, you know, just 50-point game after 50-point game. This was a larger-than-life kid that, and, and, you know, talking to him and talking to both him and, and his, his family this offseason, kind of building up to this, this moment, they were like, you know, this is, this is Pendleton County's yeah, pride. Like, they, they cherish this kid. You know, they're like, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot going on in Pendleton County. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you've been there, you know what we're talking about. It's, it's a great little city, but there's, there's just not a, a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of, of, you know, tangible something to hold on to as hope in, in, in terms on a national scale, something like that. So they are obviously rooting like hell for him and, and you know, kind of going – getting out of Pendleton County and, and kind of wearing that on his sleeve, just that kind of hometown spirit on his sleeve. All of that, the adversities, the trials, the tribulations, everything building up to this moment. And on top of the pressure that the fan base put on him because they kind of just assumed that he was going to come in. and it, it, Okay. No, like you said to start the show, nobody thought he was going to do what he did. No, we can, when, and, and when, I don't. When we applied for credentials. We had to apply for this before Christmas, like December twentieth or twenty mm-hmm. first. We had to apply for this game. We didn't apply for that game to cover it, thinking Dante Allen was going to explode no. or get an opportunity. We covered this because it was the first SEC game. But I also tell you this: ever since I've started doing this job. This year, it makes no sense to go on the road. Right. It's, it actually doesn't make sense to even go to home games. Doesn't. Because everything is on Zoom. You don't get any face-to-face interaction. You don't get interviews. You don't get – like, you get the same thing. Every quote is the same. But I keep – I've always said, don't miss something. Don't sit at home and miss something. I'm glad I didn't sit at home and miss something. Because <laughs> last night was one of those nights that on this job that it, it's in there with all the other nights with Knox at West Virginia and, you know, all the Texas Tech last year, just a heck of a game. Uh, those moments that stand out that I will always remember what it was like in that moment. And you're sitting there just back and forth. And then you, you watch every shot that went in. The, it's like the legend just got bigger. It was the moment got bigger. It's like we were watching a Disney movie. It, I mean, it was it, like it was like a movie script was laid out. And then here I am at 4 o'clock in the morning Central Time, writing a feature story on Dante Allen, which is weird because I'll never forget it. When he first was getting introduced to Kentucky fans and his recruitment was blown up, I was writing a story in the middle of the night, and it was like, it, it's like I had a moment myself where I'm like, this it's worked out for this kid, and you're ha- and we're happy for all these kids, but this kid this kid had so many opportunities to go elsewhere, he wanted one. And it was Kentucky. This is a kid that wants to be at Kentucky. And the message that I've gotten for a month, Jack, is he he felt like he could help. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you one thing. He probably should have been playing before this. I think we know that now. Cal's, that's always going to be something in Cal's face. Cal's never going to hear the end of why he didn't play Dante Allen sooner. But you can't tell me that the kid doesn't appreciate it a lot more given what he had to go through to get to it. And then he delivered. That says a lot about Dante Allen, and Dante Allen, we know now, has a place in this program. Yeah, and I, that I think that is the biggest takeaway. Look, 
somebody somebody tweeted out uh, Jamal Baker's stats last night, and he had a rough game. I think he went 0 for 9 from 3 or something, just yeah. ice cold day. And everybody said, oh, all the, all the you know, car, the, the talking heads, all the, you know, the armchair quarterbacks that are sitting in, on, on the sideline, they're not, they're pretty quiet about this tonight. And, and I, I get the gesture. I get, I understand that, that mindset, but it was, it was never the, it was never about Jamal Baker at his best moments. It was the fact that that he could be used in this program, like you just said, that he had a space in this program. It's not the good. It's the good with the bad. It's yeah. it's just knowing that you have some type of shooting presence on your bench and knowing how to utilize them and and valuing that on the end of the bench. At up to this point, Calipari had not valued that. He just had, and 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 no matter the case, whether it be injury, whether it be uh, just because Kentucky's having a, a historically down shooting year, add everything up together. Sure, maybe this opportunity never comes. If Terrence Clark doesn't get hurt, does it? Do we ever get this moment? We don't. If and and you know, I I obviously never wish injury on anybody. I mean, that that's not what I'm saying at all. But it's it's just the idea of. It, it does feel like this is a mo- like like a movie script. It's just everything kind of worked together in individual ways to create this build up in this opportunity. What if this happened? What if that injury never even happened? Is you know just there's so many different variables and aspects that that led up to this moment that made that night just just one that we will remember forever it, it's we're we're not making a double overtime victory against an, an okay Mississippi State team out to be bigger than it is cuz it's not it, it in the grand scheme of things that victory if nothing else was was just a we need to get this thing back in the right direction we got to shift some momentum our direction a little bit that's all that's that's all that boiled down to nobody is saying that this win is bigger than it is and, and it, shoot dante we're not even saying that every time dante comes in the game he's going to drop 30 points and you know I don't think that expectation is there for fans either but it's just the the premise and the idea of knowing that Dante has a spot in this program after just months of waiting and years of waiting and just the build-up and the pressure that was put on him and, and just how he was able to capitalize on all of it it's just like wow it it, it really feels like we just watched a Disney movie you know it's just just Absolutely mind blowing. Um, you know, very appreciative that we got this moment. Glad that everything worked out the way it did because um, just even outside of the Dante thing, Kentucky just needed a win so so terribly bad. Uh, they now sit at two and six on the season. Still a long long way to go before we even get remotely optimistic about you know long term ha- having long term op- optimism. Uh, but it, it's at least a step in the right direction and one that was desperately needed, Sean. It was, and it's it's one of those things too where Bruiser Flint. We need to talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, Bruiser Flint, you know, going in, you know, filling in for Cal. I still think that that, that was intentional. Yeah, I, I just I, think it, that it, watching the sec, second tech, the the staff was trying to bring him back. He was just talking. He wasn't trying to approach official, but he stepped out of that coach's box intentionally after the first tee. When Cal does that, he's getting tossed. And that's why it was so funny when last night during his post game interview, he even said. I know you guys might think that I was I went out of my way to intentionally do that, and it's like, oh, so are are you admitting to it? Why? How do you get defensive about that so quickly? But yeah, I don't know if you had a 
Well, just talking about Bruiser and Bruiser Flint stepping up in that moment and being a head coach and riding the hot hand. B.J. Boston was struggling again. He had another bad shooting night. Now, he did have a better start to the second half, Mm -hmm. but there was still some moments there where we were like, man, this can't be another B.J. Boston finishes 3 of 15 performance or Kentucky's going to lose. Like somebody has to get hot. You've got to have guys on the floor right now that can make shots. Credit to Bruiser Flint and the staff. They didn't feel the pressure to play to force B.J. or to force Isaiah. They played the hot hand. Lance Ware, Olivier Saar, Dante Allen, Devin Askew played over 40 minutes. I mean, it's it's they played the right guys in that moment. That may change Tuesday. The right guy may be B.J. Boston, but mm-hmm. it wasn't last night. That is the thing that stands out to me. Would John Calipari have done the same? I don't know, and I'm just going to say probably not. But here's the difference why. It's not a bad thing. But Bruiser Flint has never had to had an obligation to get five-star guys, top ten projected picks to the NBA mm-hmm. and to let them work through things. Bruiser Flint knew one thing in that moment last night. We're one and six, and we got to fight like hell and win this basketball game. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that these kids do it. He he showed why he was head coach for all those years last night. He made the right decisions. Tony Barbie, all of them collectively. The moment Cal got tossed, I tweeted out a picture. The bench was freaking out. I don't know if you noticed it or not. Mm-mm. Guys at the end of the bench, like Jacob Toppin, they're like, just the look on their face is like, what do we do? I mean, how many how many of those guys you think they've had a coach get tossed? Not many. I know. That's just yeah. not something that happens. Especially not in high-level basketball. No. no. So, instantly, you see Tony and Joel and all those guys turn around, and they do the, – they put you know, we're, we're fine. And then you see the team, Mintz and all of them, we're good. And then they huddle together, and right in the middle of that huddle is Bruiser Flint. And he's literally right in, with all five of them. And I was like, this is the turning point. And sure enough, instantly, I mean, it was instant. Kentucky goes on like a 7-0 run. Lanceware caps it off with that dunk. You knew it was happening then. But it was very important, Jack, that they won. Had they lost that game, it would have been another one of those, what are we doing? We're we're doing all these things. We're trying to do everything right. We're not getting rewarded. Last night was the reward. It was. It was a reward for all of us after (laughs) just six grueling, Horrible games of us going on this podcast every single time going, we hope it's going to be better next time. We're sorry. We're feeling it with you. We, we're venting our frustrations. You know, all that stuff's well and good in the moment, but it's like, gosh, it, it just gets so old so quickly. And we're, we're, just, we're just so thankful that we're finally at this moment where we can have something to build off of, a positive moment, a, a positive development, knowing – that Dante Allen can be a piece that we can use in this program, just just a win. This we were in must-win territory. I mean, well beyond must-win territory, but this was officially win or or drown. I mean, it, it literally felt like if if they did not win this game, the season was over. It really it really felt like that. And they were able to fight through. They pulled it off. Um, you know, a, a win over Mississippi State, an okay Mississippi State team, isn't going to mean much in the grand scheme of things, but at least in the short term, it's something that the team desperately needed. And uh, one that we most certainly appreciate. So we will get out of here with that. Sean, um, I appreciate you as always. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, great road trip. We had, you know, we love doing these and, you know, kind of doing the before and after with the pregame show and then the, the postgame. So we appreciate 
Sean being here, and we appreciate our listeners as always. You guys are the best. We appreciate the feedback. Keep giving us five-star reviews. Um, And before we get out of here, we need to talk about our friends at MyBookie. Every sports fan knows that it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. We're learning that with the Kentucky basketball program right this minute. At MyBookie, 2021 begins strong with NFL, college football, and the return of NBA action. Sign up today to receive a halfway deposit match up to $1,000. That's right, one grand. You heard it here first. Get in on the action. It's simple. Sign up, make your first deposit, and enter promo code sources say to claim your bonus and start taking advantage of the holiday freebies. Head over to my bookie to discover this year's batch of fun on-site promotions. This holiday season, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. Sean, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Before you get out of here, where can fans find your work? Uh, you can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Uh, Jack, a not to remember. Night from to re- Kentucky fans from Paducah to Pikeville, Millsboro to Maysville. It don't matter <laughs> which end of the state you go to. Last night was a night Kentucky fans needed, and the entire state was watching one of its own. Absolutely. And Sean, he keeps pumping out great work with Gobi Blue Country. Please go read his stuff. It's fantastic. Um, read my stuff too, KentuckySportsRadio.com. You can find my work there. You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we will be back next time for another Jam Pack Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.